You are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, a podcast for fans of the Cleveland baseball team, hosted by Quincy Wheeler. Welcome to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. I'm your host, Quincy Wheeler, and we're here with Tyler again on our Friday Talk with Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? Good. How you doing, Quincy? Doing good. Well, we're looking back at our draft of players from the Progressive Jacobs Field era, and uh, so we both have rolled for our players. Now, Tyler, you were just telling me that I wasn't quite clear about how to roll <laughs> for the players. So, uh, so eventually what we both ended up doing was just kind of going down to the list, rolling the dice and seeing what year popped up for, for the players. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, as I was going through it, I was thinking it, it's kind of hard to decide how you should handle the one dice or two dice. I feel like maybe a, a better way to play the game would be to decide that each person has to pick maybe like half your roster you have to roll two dice and half mm-hmm. your roster you have to roll one dice and you get to decide which <clears throat> which ones are going to run roll one dice anyway that was my thought if i was going to adjust the game in the future so i'll go through uh, my list real quick um jim tomey i got year 10 for him uh, which was 4.7 war. Can't argue with that. Jose Ramirez, I got year three, which was just when he started to become awesome, 4.8. And uh, Grady Sizemore, I got year eight, which was 0.2 war. Woo! Oh, that was a that was a gamble on that one. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that it uh, it all it almost paid off. It'd been just a couple of years earlier. Um, but yeah, that'd be one that if I did the way I just described, I'd pick to roll one die for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Francisco Lindor, I got year five, which wasn't an awesome year for him. 3.8, solid though. Jason Kipnis, I got year 8.8 war. That's where I really messed up if I just would have thought to take Roberto Alomar. Anyway, that didn't help me. But Cookie Carrasco got me 5.2 war in, in year six. I rolled a lot of sixes and eights. At one point, I just mm-hmm. checked my dice to see if they could roll anything but sixes and eights. <laughs> <laughs> but um Carlos did uh, 5.2. Charlie Nagy was actually my highest scoring player. Year six, 1996, he put up 6.6 wins. Wow. Which I don't remember that, but that's pretty amazing for him. Uh, Eddie Murray, that was a solid pick by me. I got year six from him, which is 5.2 war, which is a ton for a DH. Dwight Gooden, year eight, 3.3. Oral Hershiser, year eight, which wasn't a good choice for him. Uh, two, only two war. Bartolo Colon, I rolled a 12. So, Oof. you know, that's about halfway through his career. Uh, <laughs> but it, it wasn't it wasn't a good year for him. He only got 0.2 war for me. Brian Giles, 2.4 war, which is fine. Johnny Damon, that was actually a good choice by me. I rolled a 10, but I still got 4.8 war out of him. Uh, Raphael Betancourt, which was really kind of dumb, I think, a choice by me. But the relievers aren't going to give you too much. It was 0.2 war. And then Sandy Almar, that was the one that was most heartbreaking because – if I'd have rolled an eight, that would have been his best season, but I rolled a nine and it was mm-hmm. negative 0.2 war. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I ended up with a final score of 43.8 wins. 
and I think if I use the adjusted measurements and, and all that and just kind of look at it, it would, it would put my team solidly above 500, but probably maybe not a playoff team. So how about you? What did you, what did your scores look like? So um, when I first did this, um, I, I had done it in a different method and I looked at the scores. I'm like, this is far too high. Like everyone is just, uh, it's like their peak years. So I'm like, this is not spirit of the game. So I, I did it again, basically the way you did it. Um, did pretty good. I didn't get any negative war, which I was very, very happy with. So yeah. uh, starting rotation, Cliff Lee, I got his uh, 2012 season, which was 5.0 war. Um, CC Sabathia, I guess 2004 season, which was 2.8. It's not too good. Um, Corey Kluber, though, I got a Cy Young year, 2017, ah. which was 7.2. Nice. Shane Bieber, I was off by one of his Cy Young year, but I got 2019, so 5.5. Um, okay. Mike Clevenger, same year, 2019, 4.5. So my starting pitchers carried me a, a, a long way. Yeah. Um, Andrew Miller, like you were saying about the relievers, like you're not going to get much out of them. Like Andrew Miller, um, I got 2014, which wasn't one of his best years, but it was 2.2 war. That's um, not bad for a reliever at all. Yeah. Um, Victor Martinez, um, his 2010 season, 3.7. Um, Carlos Santana was my was my dad of the group. Um, I got his 2020 year, his uh, return to Cleveland um, when he put up 0.5 war. Um, <laughs> Roberto Alomar, yeah, he... Uh, I mean, I didn't hit too high on him, but he, I got his 95 season, which was 2.2. Uh, same with Josh Donaldson. I got his 20, the most recent season, 2021. So that was 2.2 war. Julio Franco, 93 was 1.7. So he was also not a great role. Albert Bell uh, wasn't his best year, but his 94 season was 5.3 war. Kenny Lofton was right at the start of the millennium. So 2000. So he only got 3.0. Uh, Manny Ramirez, that was right um, right around when Boston was about to win the World Series in 2003, 5.8 war. And then Shin Chu, uh, my DH, well, I slotted him as my DH. Um, in 2012, he got 3.2. So that brought my total to 54.8 war. So i more confident that this team would get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think that from what I can kind of gather of adjusted wins and a whole roster, that that's like an 100 win team. So I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you clearly won. So congratulations, and you were carried by your starting pitching. Oh, oh. my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> that, they were. They were that, great. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, my lineup. You know, if I had just rolled a little bit differently for Sizemore and Alomar, our lineups would be, be probably mm-hmm. about the same. But your pitching uh, definitely dominant so that's fun yeah and hopefully people who are listening and and care about this if you're looking for a fun little baseball game to do with a friend uh, i always feel like that's a fun one to do and just you can look back and remember certain people's seasons and you roll the dice and like oh almar in 96 what was he Mm -hmm. doing back then it's kind of fun to look back and see so thanks for doing that with me Uh, another thing i wanted to do today with you is just kind of talk shop about baseball and stuff i know we're waiting for this weekend to see what kind of deal the owners will propose for the players i i continue to just i just have i'm my mind is just boggled by fans and reporters that keep talking about both sides in this thing like i completely understand if if both people are sitting at the table and you want to say well look the players are being unrealistic 
uh, even though they might deserve this or that, they have to be realistic and realize they're not going to get that and they're not willing to budge. But all we've seen over and over is the players say, oh, you guys want this? All right, we'll give you that. So here, let's do this. And then you'll go weeks or 42 days before the owners will respond. All they're doing is just kicking the can down the road, trying to make it to the point where they're, they're about to lose games so that players will accept the worst deal possible. It's just so clear to me. I don't, I don't know how you see it. No, I, and one, this is coming from you who tends to be more positive than I am. Um, I'm just uh, excessively negative when it comes to this year in baseball, because yeah, exactly. The, the owners and Manfred said like, oh, we're going to, we're going to start negotiations. We're going to, we're going to, the lockout's going to jumpstart these talks and then didn't meet for like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And then the players are like, Hey, we, we're going to roll back some of these uh, demands. We're going to keep these, but this is kind of what we're looking at. Then MLB just doesn't make a counter proposal. And then they go cry to the government saying like, we need a mediator. And now today, um, I, I don't know what time, but Rob Manfred is supposed to talk today and address the media. I think it's saying that he's going to announce spring training is going to be delayed and then um, try to blame it on the players, which is what he's done the entire time. But yeah, I don't understand how well no i do understand why people are starting to both sides this because we're getting closer and it's starting to impact games but i think a big part of that is driven by the narrative that's um put out there by different beat writers and national reporters mainly on twitter um john Heyman. um i i hate his tweets because every tweet no, is he, he just dumb but it, like they have a responsibility to shape this narrative accurately and it's when it's being shaped in the way you were phrase, framing it, like both sides are causing this, this delay, which is not true. Like there's a lockout, which the only group that can remove the lockout is the ownership group. And right. it's happened before where the CBA expired and, and there's precedent to just continue on while a new one's negotiating using the terms of the old CBA. So the fact that the owners have locked the players out it's completely on them. And so, but I get why the kind of just the average fan who isn't, you know, on the baseball subreddit or on baseball Twitter all the time would start to feel this way because they're seeing, you know, whatever reports they're seeing is saying like, oh, they're both at fault and they just want to see baseball. And so they're like, I don't get why people can't just shut up, come to an agreement and go play baseball. And it's like, well, they could if both groups were negotiating in good faith, but they're just not like the ownership has not at any point shown any inclination that they're going to negotiate in good faith. So um, <laughs> there were people saying today that they're really hopeful Manfred's going to announce his resignation, which I'm like, that's just, that's not going to happen. Like he's doing exactly what the owners want. He's not resigning. Um, he's going to do what he's done this entire time. And it's just going to be frustrating because we all just miss baseball and we want it back and it's never coming back. <laughs> uh, that's where I'll, I'll depart from your pessimistic train. It's going to come <laughs> back. It's just, just a matter of when I, uh, yeah. I mean, if anything indicated when Rob Manfred got up in front of the media and said, all this is about is competing for a piece of metal. I mean, if anything could have got the commissioner fired besides like obvious, like malfeasance and stuff like mm -hmm. that um that that would be the kind of dumb public move that could get you fired so if anybody's thinking he's resigning or getting fired that's just not going to happen and you're right um, yeah this everything is just that gonna... you said 
the thing is, like, I have no issue with casual baseball fans that aren't locked in with it being like, why can't they just figure this out? Players are greedy and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're engaged with with baseball and you're researching and you're reading about it and you're, you know, on those different forums that you're talking about, you just don't both sides it right now. Because, like, when they're sitting down negotiating and if players are like, we're not going to budge, we're not going to budge, then fine. If you feel like, you know, you got to criticize the labor at some point, for you know not not being realistic that's fine Mm -hmm. but it's totally the employers the owners right now who are not willing to negotiate and and when Bamford said the lockout was going to speed things up what he really meant is the lockout is going to give us leverage to get the deal we want that's what it ultimately was and it's it's really clear right now yeah I've kind of gotten to the point where I would almost prefer not having a season um if the players like stand their ground uh, yeah, which I know is, not, which, yeah, I don't think it's a popular opinion amongst baseball fans, but at this point, um, I just, yeah, I just don't want to give in to the owners, me saying it like I'm a player, like I have any say in this. Um, but yeah, I just, the players have been, it's hard to say exploited with the amount of money that is in baseball. And I think that catches a lot of people off guard, but I mean, baseball franchises have just gone up in value exponentially over the last few decades and player salaries haven't really matched it. And so I really don't have a problem with players holding out until they can get what they feel they deserve. And I, I know if they were to really dig in that the season would be delayed a lot more. So I do think that there is a little bit that the players can do to expect expedite this process, but I would rather them fight for a good deal than cave and get one that is ultimately going to be poor for them because at the end of the day they're the reason we watch baseball and you know despite people being upset that now joe west is retired and we can't tune in to watch him anymore um (laughs) we watch the players and i they deserve to be compensated fairly so we'll see yeah we're on the exact same page there i i think what i would say is that in a vacuum, I'm at, like in a uh, world without where I can't think about some wider context. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% on board. Players just dig in and don't play until yeah. they, you know, make things right. But I think one practical thing that I would I would think about as a player is that there's pro- there's going to be irreparable damage to the sport if there's yeah. not a season, and it's going to affect players as well as owners. There's yeah. got to be a season, and in fact. I think there's going to be some really significant damage if we don't get a season till June as well, uh, because like, it's just going to be this huge PR nightmare, which is what for everybody. So I think as a, as a player, if I'm in that position, I I'm like, Hey, we'll dig in here and we'll make these owners lose games. But there is a, a point where I'd be like, we're, we're going to have to play. And it's, if we're the ones that are going to have to save the game, then so be it. But uh, I think that's just kind of a contextual thing, just where baseball is in the culture that Mm -hmm. uh, we can't afford to lose more ground than we currently already have. So (laughs) um, the one thing I think maybe next time, Tyler, since we've done pretty well this time, next time we'll take a look at the Guardian schedule, um, Mm -hmm. take a look at what kind of games we want to highlight for people as we look up. Hopefully maybe by then we'll have a sense of whether or not they'll get to play these games or not. We can only pray. Uh, But um, yeah, I wondered just as I start to think about that, do you usually try to go and see them when they come to California almost every year or no? I do. And that's like, so I was pulling up the schedule today because it's been out of sight, out of mind, because I'm like, these games aren't getting played. Um, But yes, I I try to because normally it's when they play the Angels because they'll play them every year. 
Yeah, um, I remember he, you saying it was the Angels usually. Yeah, and Angel Stadium's fine. It's it's the closest stadium to where I live, and um, it definitely needs some like renovations, and it's a little bit older, but it's a good stadium. Um, I was really upset. I, um, I think it was 2020. Yeah, no, it was definitely 2020. Um, that was when the AL Central was scheduled to play the NL West. And so they were not only going to play the Angels in California, but they were going to play the Dodgers and the Padres. Mm. And then that schedule got wiped out, so I didn't get to see them, and I was very upset. So um, this year they're playing the Angels in April in Anaheim, and I'm definitely going to try and get to go see them at that point. And then they are – it looks like they're playing the NL West again because they're going to be at Dodger Stadium in June, and I assume Mm. they're going to play the Padres at some point. The Giants um, and the Padres are coming to uh, to Progressive Field, um, but yeah, they'll play at they'll play at Dodger Stadium, which is pretty will be will be great. Dodger Stadium is great, um, except for the parking. Um, yeah, yeah, because Chavez like Chavez Ravine is on a giant hill, and so you either have to drive up this giant hill and fight for parking up the hill, or you park at the bottom and you walk up the hill. Um, so it's not great, but the stadium's really nice and yeah, Petco Park. Is- when my sister and I went, we we went in on the subway and uh, and whatever else I forget whatever else the public transportation was, mm-hmm. and that was a that was an interesting experience. Uh, I know I I know there was at least one person peeing. Oh um, yeah, but yeah, it was that's it was the, fine. <laughs> that's the true LA experience. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, it was great. Okay, well, so next time, guys, tune in next Friday, and Tyler and I will will uh, break down the Guardian schedule. And no doubt, no doubt. Let's, let's just believe it, Tyler. We'll have some progress and we'll feel like we'll be able to have games. It's just going to be so amazing. You won't even believe it. I'm going to, I'm going to hope, I'm going to hope with you. And if we come back next week and there's no games, then I'm going to blame you. <laughs> yeah, right. like, See, I told you there wasn't going to be baseball, but um, <laughs> I'm interested to look at their promo schedule because they announced bobbleheads, but they can't announce the players. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Jersey player bobblehead. Yep. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> so dumb. All right. Thanks. This has been the Cleveland Guardians fan cast. Music is provided by purpleplanet.com. That is purple-planet.com. Our intro song is purchased licensed from pond5.com.